podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Paddock Blues Podcast. You can find us on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash paddockblues. Or you can email us at paddockblues at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and up the toffees. Hello and welcome to the Paddock Blues Podcast. I'm Jamie and tonight I'm joined by Paul and Andy. Are you okay, lads? You okay, mate? You're good. Yeah, good, good evening, Paul. Good evening, Jay. Good evening. Um, before we get into the pod, uh, I just want to send our condolences as a podcast to Michael Jones and his family. Uh, Michael tragically lost his life on our new stadium, doing something he probably loved for the thing he loved the most. Um, so, yeah, we'll send our thoughts and our prayers to him and his family. Yeah, just like to uh, hold out just uh, condolences to his friends, family, and everybody who works with him must be traumatised and stuff. You know, he's probably got that job on that site and it's been his dream job. Massive Evertonian and I'm so, so sorry and rest in peace, mate. Yeah, it's just uh, I'd like to add to that as well. It's really clear from Twitter as well over the last few days that, you know, what a, a much loved and what a, a top young man he seemed to be. Um, like literally anyone who'd come across him just had nothing but lovely things to say about him. So he's going to be a sad loss to his friends and family. So all best wishes to them. Yeah. And if uh, anyone needs listening and want us all to do the path, there's a GoFundMe page set up for Michael and his family. Um, I'm sure you'll find it on Twitter. There's an uh, Aston Villa page as well, also fundraising for it, which I thought was a touch of class from them. Um, so yeah, if anyone wants to go over there and send a donation in, or just retweet it, and I'll know things that we've are retweeted yeah. it. We've retweeted. I've retweeted it on the Paddock Blues Twitter account. So yeah, anyone so you'll find, find it over there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we'll get into the pod boys, and to be honest, we'll start off on Saturday afternoon. Now I'll just get your initial reaction, Paul. I, I got your reaction because we walked off the ground together, but. You've had probably time to simmer on it now. What was your what's your what's your reaction from tonight? Yeah, just just before that, just something that's popped in my head. But sorry that we didn't do an instant match reaction. But uh, yeah. we all we all did. We all went about our business on Saturday, and we just we just didn't do it. We just didn't find the time to do it. It's no excuse, and we'll try and do it in the future. But yeah, it wasn't a case. We just we just couldn't do it basically. But no, my thoughts now. Uh, at the time, you know, I was human walking out the grounds. I was like, well, this again. We're back here again, but yeah, you look at it back and we we battered them for the for the, the entire game basically. But I could feel it sat in the stands. My dad said to me, "We're going to lose this one 0 It got to about the hour mark, and when they're going to score one, and then we're going to struggle to get back into it. I think we could still be playing now. We wouldn't score a goal, but it's a problem for Everton now. It's a it's it's critical this situation of not being able to score goals. Someone's going to have to take responsibility. I'm sick of the players coming out on Instagram going into learning care. Well, you're not learning, are you? You're just losing every week. So yeah. I'm disappointed, but I've seen signs there that there's a makings of a good team. We looked organised and we looked structured, but we can't finish our dinner. No, we can't. Andy, what was your reaction coming out the ground? What was you know? Is it was it one of anger? Was it one of anger? Was was it one of here we go again? What what was your initial thoughts? Yeah, I was just gutted, to be honest, because I think if we'd played like that against that particular Fulham team, 
10 times. I think you win seven of them, you draw two and you lose one. And that was the one that we lost. Um, like, I'm not going to say that, say we were great. I don't think we were amazing, but we did more than enough to win that game. Created the better chances. Their keepers made a few really good saves. Um, but it, as we've as we've been struggling for ever since, ever since essentially David, Dominic Calvert Lewin's been injured for the last two years. You then lose Richarlison last year. We're creating all these chances, but if you don't take them, you're going to get punished in the end. And and that's what happened. Um, so I do think there were some positives in there, but the simple matter of the no, simple fact of the matter is we need we, we need more competition and we need more support for the players we've got at the top end of the pitch before the window shuts in. Well, what we've got in now just over two weeks. For no anyone that not that can't see us, Andy's actually just looked at his wrist when he said two weeks. That's some <laughs> that's some watch that mate, by the way. I, I ain't even got a watch on, mate, but I did do that, mate. I don't no idea what's going on here. <laughs> no, Andy, listen. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, mate. And Paul, you said it to me is when we walked up the ground and it sort of hit home with me. Is Goodison the fortress we all think it is? No, it's not the uh, fortress at all. At all. No, I, I, no. I, think, I think the fans certainly had an awful lot when, A, we're, we're right under it, as they've proven in the last couple of seasons, and, B, when a big team comes to Goodison. However, when when teams turn up who we expect to beat, I don't think it, it, it's not the it's not the fortress that it once was, uh, in the sense that we need something from we need something from the players to get the crowd going. Um, whereas yeah. you know when we're playing one of the big teams, we get the players going. Um, yeah. That would be my take on it, mate. Yeah, it is. It 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 always feels worse when it's at home. Um, Paul, you you don't think it is at all, do you? No, I think we're. It's not a fortress at all. It hasn't been but a few years now. I think we're kidding ourselves. We think it is. We, I don't. I can't ever remember losing. He's Fulham. We've lost the last three at all to Fulham. Right. Says it all to me. They couldn't do nothing at Goodison. Nothing. Now they're coming here and getting wins. Southampton last season come here and got a win. Balls. Not good enough. You need to be winning these games. We can't afford to be throwing games like that away. I've heard people saying, "Oh, well, you know, we haven't got a fully fit squad and we haven't got the players." I mean, well, they should have had them in then, shouldn't he? You know, on paper we've got a a decent enough fixture list there and we're just writing them off because we haven't got all our players in and we're going to so the season doesn't start on the 1st of September it started on the 12th of August so no it's not but to answer your question I've just gone off on a bit there because I've got all this pent up stuff in me but it's not a fault of snow it's a I said this at the beginning of the season I think he's disagreed with me I'd want to play if I was the opposition team I'd, I'd handpick Everton to play out of any team in the Premier League us and Luton I'd pick Oh, I'd pick Luton and I'd pick Everton. I want to play, and I, I'd pick Everton at Goodison Park as well. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. No, you're right. Well, Fulham have done that, haven't he? Fulham have come and sort of shown that. Um, just before we like before we move on to different things about the day, about the Fulham game, um, would it be? Is it too easy to say? Oh, it's the first game of the season. Let's not panic. Or is it is it something to go? Hang on a minute. You know why are we? Why has this happened again? Why are we starting like this? And the I'll think, come to you for that, mate. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think it's a tricky one. I was actually saying to Paul just before we started. We all know that the earlier you can get the players in, the better. You you want the players to have as much of a pre season as they can with Sean Dyche, but 
the way that the transfer window is or has become since its creation is is that unless you're going out and paying 30%, 40%, 50% above the market value of these players, it's really difficult to get them in early. And Everton aren't the only club. The big clubs out there are going out and spending, obviously, above and beyond because they can afford to get players in. But there's there's a lot of teams in the same position of Everton where you're waiting for the dominoes to fall. So you're waiting for that one player to move to one club, which means you know we that player then is allowed to be moved on. And unfortunately, because of the way that UEFA, FIFA, the Premier League, whoever it is that controls these things, is everything doesn't start happening until normally the last four or five days of the window. So whilst it is frustrating and it is annoying, it's not just an Everton problem. It's not just Everton sitting back going, uh, we're not going to buy this player or leave things to the last minute. We're not in a position where we can go and pay above and beyond for the players um, like obviously Chelsea are doing for fun and other teams are doing. We've got to wait for these 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 jigsaw pieces to fall into place and then and then hopefully pick up the right players that we want. Um, but in the meantime, as Paul says, we can't we can't allow five games or however many games it is before the transfer window's done for all these uh, and just write off those those um, those points, particularly when the fixtures where you look at on paper we should you know, we should be getting something from. Um, so, yeah, just um, we've just got to find a way of scoring goals in the meantime until we get Dwight McNeil back, so we get Calvert-Lewin back, so we hopefully we bring in more players. Um, and, of course, one of those, Jack Harrison, we're now waiting for him to get fit. Well, yeah, we'll move on. We'll talk about him in a, in a, in a nipple. Um, Paul, we were sort of together before at two o'clock and we were buzzing, me and you, to say to say we were buzzing, we were we were back, we were ready to go into Goodison and give everything. And we seen the team. And I, the pair of us just sort of looked at each other like, I wanna go home. Now and no, we yeah. never and it wasn't the we still got behind the lads. We could sense it. Now you could yeah. sense it around the whole ground. Good, yeah. It was all anything was talking about. No one was oh oh you know, can't wait to be back. Have you got this, we got that. All anyone could talk about was have you seen the team? Yeah, that's all everyone was talking about as well. Because I got into the stadium, and my dad was already in there. And I said, "Have you seen the team, Dad?" He went, "No." I went, "More place playing." And he went, "Oh." And I went, "Keen's playing." He was like, "Oh God." And I went, "Calvert Lewin and that's And he went, "Oh fucking, I'm going home." Yeah. And I think everyone <laughs> went for it. It was that. It went from that kind of despair. It was just the place was flat, and then it, all of a sudden, to me, it didn't feel like the first game of the season. It just felt like another game. Yeah. Now it's not Michael Keane's fault and Neil Morpay's fault that they keep getting picked, but I'm sick of seeing them on the team sheet. I'm sick of it. People saying he didn't put a foot wrong. Okay, he didn't. But should we really be having the conversation about them being in the team? In my opinion, no, they shouldn't be in the team. Shouldn't be at the club, but they are, and there's nothing we can do about it. But yeah, the team for me, it it flattened the whole play. It flattens us as a fan base, in my opinion. Yeah, it did. It did. Um. That is another you, you were saying to me, you were saying to me when you we were about, we were, you were like, oh god, I'm not looking forward to this now, and it shouldn't have been like that, should it? Going into the first game of the season, no. And to be honest, mate, I didn't. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, when the ball was started getting kicked, you know, I was wanting Neil Mopes to score at and prove everyone on the ground wrong, and every single person in the ground thought the same thing: go and prove us wrong, go and score two, you know. But he didn't, and we'll, we will touch on it, Neil Mopes, in a minute. But speaking about it flattening the crowd. Um, yeah, just different things. Like I see my cousin going into the crowd and going into the ground, and you know, you usually, all right, how are you getting on? And can't wait for this. 
the pair of us just was like, have you seen that? And he was sort of yeah. like hesitant whether to go in and people might be listening to this going, oh, that's an overreaction, but that's what it's done. That's what that team done to us. And listen, that's not... We, but Andy, I'm gonna, I'll come to you for this. Is that because we haven't got any... Is that because that's all he's got to pick from? Or do you think that's Sean Dice playing it far too safe and not throwing a Lewis Dobbin in, not throwing a, a Chimiti on the bench, a Calvin Lewin on the bench? Not, all right, be my goal. He's not, he can't play. He's not fit enough. He got 20 minutes. I'm sorry. That lad's had a pre-season. He's not injured. He's had a pre-season of Sporting Lisbon. This Chimiti, he's got 20 minutes on him. Do you think that's Sean Dice playing it far too cautious or do you think that's all he's got? I think it, I, I, probably somewhere in the middle, but I think it's more to all he's got. Uh, I mean, we've got to bear in mind, Chimiti, yeah, he's had um, he's had a pre-season at Sporting Lisbon, but he's what I maybe had one or two training sessions to understand what Everton and Sean Dice wants from him. He's only an 18-year-old kid as well. Um, you know, Lewis Dobbins had a sharp pre-season, but he, six months ago, he, he wasn't an automatic starter for Derby in League One. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot of pressure to obviously put on him, although I do agree with what you're saying in terms of the crowd would have been more excited and more willing for him. Um, and in terms of Neil Morpé, you know, I probably won't get a lot of love for this, but... In terms of Neil Morpé, I actually thought he had a, a pretty decent game. And by pretty decent, I mean by the the level that we've come to expect from him. Um, yeah. Leno's made a couple of sharp saves from him. Some of his link-up play was actually quite good. Um, there, there certainly wasn't... He, he certainly didn't go hiding. He, he certainly did what he can do. But it's getting to the stage now where it's probably a little bit unfair on the lads. Like, it's clear it's not going to work out for him here. It's clear that, that he's lost all of his confidence um, by all accounts. He's done everything he can to get himself as sharp and ready in pre-season. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, he, there was a, he, he got that horrible message afterwards. Uh, I don't know if it's from an Everton fan or a Fulham fan. It, like, it looked like it was from a Fulham fan. But irregardless, you know, the person who left that message has zero followers on Twitter. He has no picture. He has no name. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this day and age... If you can't scroll past a message like that from some some bot or some absolute loser, yeah, then social media is not the place for you. And I think it just shows how fragile he is that he highlighted it. Um, you know, if someone sent me a message like that, that I'd just scroll past it. Like if they had a pop at me about one of my opinions on Twitter, I'm just like, yeah, I'm not first mate. Like, like completely faceless. So I think the fact that he reacted so badly to that just shows what position he's in mentally. So he's yeah. getting to the point now where it's better for all parties, I think, if he if he's taken out the firing line and moved on. Yeah, no, you, uh, yeah, you, you know, you bring up some good points of maybe protect the man, but I don't know. I just think Paul, I'll come to you for a minute because I think I better just let you calm down on me. I won't buy. I I take everything into consideration, and you know what he did run around, he did try and that is. Is that what we're looking for now? A run around trier. I, I I appreciate everything that you just said. I really do. But is that where we are as a football club? Answer: Yes, it is. We just want someone who's going to put himself about. But couldn't it's a fucking cow's ass with a banjo when he gets in on goal? It's just like that's not good what enough you for want. me. Like I, I'm 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 sick to I'm sick to death. Nothing against the lads. All the abuse is terrible. It is terrible, and I think you should be able to criticize players without going personal on them. He's yeah. not good enough. He's never going to be good enough for Everton. And if he is, I'll eat me words and I'll apologise. But 
not I'm sorry, he's not for me. Like he's just I had no confidence whatsoever with him going through one goal. None. It's not even like a little bit, oh he might finish it. I know he's not gonna finish it. He's not good enough. No, no, and I think that me to be honest, he's not. Um, I understand what Andy's saying about his confidence yeah, being completely. low and yeah, and you know, and it does listen, I'll be totally honest. It only takes a goal for a centre forward and it only has to admit him on the arse and go in from a corner and the confidence builds and then the next week he it hits him on the ear and goes in and the confidence builds and that, you don't know what happens, what the confidence can do to a striker. But for me, they bred, they are absolute bread and butter chances to score goals. Now, even a player low on confidence, it shouldn't... It, it should be natural for him to score them goals, if that makes sense. He's a centre yeah, forward. He, he's making it look really hard. Yeah, and it's like really hard. Even a, even a centre forward on low on confidence would still put them. They dream of them chances because that's how they get the confidence back. So I don't know whether it's just he's just not good enough. Um, but the goalie's had one of them games as well, mate. I mean, yeah, of course, one of them, yeah. one of them Everton performances where a goalkeeper comes and after the game of his life, and then you don't see him. For another year, then and he comes the back to Boston yeah. and then does it again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But and, yeah. you know, Mopey, it's just sorry to keep going on about him. Like, but it's just like I got you got fans like saying, "Well, we don't play him in the right way." If someone can tell me what is the right way to play him, <laughs> then I'll, I'll I'm all ears because I haven't got a clue. I honestly, we're not we're never going to be a team to play with two up front. Everton traditionally now are one striker. Yeah. Why was he brought into the club? That's not his fault, by the way. So. No, we're asking, but, him to I mean, do, we're asking him to play up front and run the line, and we're still hitting balls up top. It's it's not his game, but what is his game? I don't understand. It's not just Everton. I mean, it's, it's modern football. Even yeah. like you know, teams like Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, United, they all play with one focal point, and then obviously have two wide attacking players. And I, again, Paul, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I I don't think don't think for one minute I think it's okay just having a player. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you don't. Uh, I'm not saying it's good enough for Everton. What I'm saying is, is once the lad's picked in terms of his own individual yeah, yeah. efforts, yeah. Uh, and you know the, he's had two massive chances there, and both of them Leno's done really well to do. Like one of them's three yards out, he's got a good connection on it, the keeper's done really well. Some of it, the other one, he's hit pretty well. You know, obviously he should be scoring those. The keeper's done well, but you know he'll be in those positions and not hit ball, not strike the ball as well, and they'll find a way of going in. But um, we know what it's like in this game. When things aren't going for you, when your confidence is low, when you need that one that's just going to go in where the keeper makes a mistake or you don't quite catch it the best it goes in or it comes off your arse or your ear, they just don't. Um, And, yeah, like I say, nothing against the bloke, but I I think it's got to the stage now where he knows what everyone thinks about him. It's not worked for him here. It's, It's not going to now. Um, and I think it's yeah. better for all parties if Touchwood before the it's, end of the window he can he can find a move somewhere. I appreciate honestly. I thought it wasn't having a go at you. I he, he does try and listen. God love him. Everybody loves a try. He really do. But it's got to the point now where it's not good when you're seeing someone's name on a team sheet and you go, oh, no, God, I, I don't know. Don't know if I can be bothered with this. Obviously, we have to be bothered because we're Tonians. You can't. It's like a watching a car crash. You can't take your eyes off them. But you just like. <laughs> I don't want I don't want this, especially going into the first game of the season. You want it's just I think Sean Dyche is and there's the first dig of Sean Dyche for the season. To to not have Calvert Lewin even just sat on the bench, doesn't even have to come on, just just as a little bit of a, a thought for Marco Silva to go, 
they've got him to come on here if it, if something's going wrong. Or even Chimiti, this unknown centre forward. Yeah, he might be up to scratch it, but have him sitting there so so the other bench looks over and goes, he can bring these two players on here. I mean, we had Tom Cannon sitting on the bench. Why don't you throw him on? What are we protecting these players from? I don't understand. It's just like, throw them on. We're chasing the game. One one's better than getting beat one nil. Throw them on. Put them on. Put yeah. them on the pitch. Yeah. Well, that was me. That was sort of my next point I was going to bring up as well because I did think that in the game. Like, this, Neil, Neil plays missed three big. Is, yeah, we can say Leno's made two, terrific. The Corey's but... is the one, mate. The Corey's is the worst one for me. Oh, the Corey's is the one, yeah. But I also. The core, he's not. A, he's a he's a footballer. He should be scoring. But he's not a centre forward. I expect my centre forward. Patterson will. That's just popping yeah. me out. Yeah. We'll talk about it. But I expect my centre forward to be able to put the ball in the net. I really do. Now, yeah. if he's all confident, that's fine. But my centre forward in them positions should be able to put the ball in the net, whether the keeper makes a boss save or not. Um, but I was I was sitting there thinking, if you give Cannon them three opportunities, is he bit? What what ways can he do? Miss all three? Well, that's, we're still in the same position. So, why not? Why not yeah. just throw him on and go? Well, to be fair, you can't get any worse, lads. You know, you probably get more support. Without sounding horrible, yeah, you probably get more support from the fan base than Neil Mopay does. So, go and, just go and try and do something. Win the game. You know, I know we brought Lewis Dobbin on and we brought Dan Jumer on and stuff like that, but just throw the kitchen sink at it. That's one thing I hope that they learn quickly, though, with Dan Juma. I know he's played as a nine for Villarreal, uh, but it's a different league, it's a different team. He's not a number nine in the Premier League. He is, he is a threat coming from picking up the ball either out wide or in a ten, turning and facing. He's not a number nine. Um, so, I mean, I was screaming for him to put Cannon through the middle, bring Dan Juma out wide. And also, as well, this is nothing against Garner Gay. I actually thought he had a really good game Saturday, but when you you get to 75 minutes and you're 1-0 down. As far as I'm concerned, his job's done for Everton. Like, yep. we're not trying to protect anything. Yep. We're not trying to find a foothold in the game. So, whilst he, why he played the full 95 minutes, I've, I've no idea. Um, and again, it's not a criticism of him. I thought he had a good game. But once you get to that stage, you know, if you've got Andre Gomez on the bench, yeah, I know he's very hit and miss and he, he, he'll probably be moved on. But he's someone who can get his foot on the ball in midfield and make things happen. Um, so you, you you had an option there where you could have got a more forward-thinking player on. Um, so, yeah, not bringing Cannon on for me and not bringing on, you know, whether you decide to go Andre Gomez or you keep James Garner on and move in central to try and create something. Um, those were the, the ones that stood out for me is where you could well, be critical. I'll tell you what, it, it, comes to some, it comes to something with the... You can actually say that the player with the most composed finishing on the te- on the team sheet is Michael Keane. Yeah. He's he's probably the most composed finisher in the team in that team. Yeah, he is. Now, what what does that say about Everton's recruitment? I don't know. I reckon Jordan Pickford's just ahead of him, mate. But the points still probably remains, yeah. But <laughs> Michael Keane, that goal, yeah. I know we'll come on to that goal that never was. I, I honestly wouldn't fancy anyone else. It's just. Calmly slot the ball in like that. Yeah. I wouldn't. I know it's an e- it looks easy, but I think that most of our players' heads would completely explode in that position. Apart from him, yeah, he just starts he at it. But his actual job that he's supposed to be doing, he's not very good at as well. So <laughs> maybe we <laughs> just maybe we swapped him. Put Neil Mopay centre half and him centre forward. Yeah. But listen, you know, we we'll move on to. Um, I know Michael Keane for me. All right, I'll ask you a I'll ask you a question. 
Who would you take out first? Andy, I'll come to you. Would you take Keane out? Would you take Mopai out first if you had the choice? No, oh, Mopai, it's not even that difficult for me either. I thought Michael Keane has his limitations as a footballer, but positionally he's very good in the air, very good. The problem Michael Keane's got, which is quite a big problem as a centre-half, is when someone picks up the ball and runs at him. He can't mm-hmm. communicate with his feet quick enough. It's not that he's slow, but he can't change angles, he can't change direction quick enough. Um, but, you know, as we we probably touched upon, yes, I agree, he's not good enough for Everton, but he was... He, he he was absolutely fine on Saturday. He wasn't. He was. He was, he was nowhere near the reason why Everton lost that game of football. So, um, and again, I, I I don't want to like keep going on about more play or or put the boot into him. But you know, the lad's got no confidence. And like you said, if you've got Tom Cannon there, Neil Morpay's missing chances. He's not scored in thirty odd games for Everton. What difference does it make if Tom Cannon misses those chances? None. Yeah. But the chances are, I don't think he will miss those chances. So, yeah, for me, that would be... Uh, it's not a difficult one to answer that for me. Jay, what about yourself, mate? Well, I I think it's a bit more difficult, me personally. Um, I think what you were saying about Michael Keane, that he didn't do nothing wrong on Saturday, he wasn't really tested. And I think at the times he did, he was tested. They got in behind him. I know a few times this will go on to Patterson, but he doesn't cover Patterson in any sort of glory. He's not what he needs. That he's got a young fullback there. If he gets skinned, you're expecting your centre half to step in. He hasn't. He can't. Neil Mopai, I think the chances if the, the, the chances keep falling to him, eventually it'll go in. And more, I'd be more secure with Branthwaite and Mopai than I would Keane and Cannon. So I think I'd take Keane out. Just going forward, Aston Villa, you know, Aston Villa are a very strong attacking side. I wouldn't fancy Michael Keane in that back four. But yeah, Paul, what what would you what would you be saying? I'd personally take Neil Morpay out because if he puts them chances away, it takes the pressure off the defence then and the team. You know, we're two 0 up, three 0 up, and then you don't really have to worry about your defence then. They obviously push more men forward, which leaves more gaps at the back, which we can then score more goals. Scoring goals is Everton's major problem. On to Michael Keane himself. Um, he still he shouldn't be an Everton player. He's been an Everton player for four years too long, in my opinion. Again, yeah. it's not his fault. It's not a witch hunt. I'm not. I just I'm just saying what my personal opinion. He shouldn't be playing for Everton anymore. It's a failed experiment. It's gone on and on and on and on and on. He's still getting games. You still have everybody saying he's gonna come good. Well. I don't think so. And I hope, again, I hope I'm wrong. Michael Keane's had some great games for Everton. I'm not saying he hasn't, but just like things stick in my head. Like I'm I'm laughing to myself now and sad where, you know, that handball against Leicester where he points to his hand. Yeah. Michael Keane actually pointed to his hand to say, I've actually, I have handballed it. It was just like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be saying that you haven't handballed it. He's going up, have it with my hand. You're like, come on, lad. Yeah. yeah. yourself, please. But that's, that's a bit of a comedy thing that I'm, that I'm, I'm going on about there, like, but not me. It's um, as I said to you in it when I messaged you in the week. Would you rather drown to death or burn to death? It's just it's one exactly. of them, isn't it? Yeah, Liz, mate, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is. Yeah. But listen, I also want to just touch on something Andy did touch on. Um, I don't care how bad he is at football. I don't care what he's done. If the amount of chances he's missed or anything like that, you don't do that. What that lad did on Instagram. 
He's a no. he's a human being. We've seen it with Delhi now. The the effect it can have on these footballers. Um and I just think it's just absolutely listen, he's probably a robot or he's probably some like forty six year old fella sat in his Mars room, in his box Mars box room, eating Pringles and that watching and Pokemon and he's fuming. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, so what's wrong with Pringles, lad? What's wrong with I couldn't Pokemon? think of any I couldn't think of any <laughs> But you know what I'm trying to say? He's probably yeah, sat there yeah. as a keyboard warrior. And I, if Neil Mopai ever, ever, if they can give him a bit of advice, don't listen to it, lad. Just don't listen to it. Best way to do, best way to shut them up, go and put the ball in the back of the net. I actually yeah, don't think we... the crowd have turned on Neil Mopai to him. No. It's not like, he's not getting booed or not. And it's like, there's a bit of relief when he comes off, but everyone's sort of still willing him on. Do you get what I mean? It's yeah, like, come on, lads, yeah. come on, please, yeah. please, please. But yeah, there's stuff like that online. It's just like, You've only got to see yeah, it yeah. in everyday life. There's just, just rats everywhere who are just waiting yeah. to jump on top of people. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the message he got was absolutely horrific. The point I was trying to make, though, is that, you know, if you're going to be on social media, it doesn't matter whether it's me, you, the you know everyday guy on the street or professional footballer, but especially the more high level you or high profile you are, you've got to be, you've got to be able to move on past something like that when it comes from a completely... Like you know, that account had didn't have anything rational about it. It's oh. just some fucking idiot somewhere. Just you know, I just but I'm just saying. I think it shows where he is. Is that he's, he's very fragile at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, I, I think if, if someone's in a good place, they see that for what it is, which is you know, I'm scrolling past that, mate. What a fucking idiot, and you just forget about it. So um, I don't know why you've got social media accounts, Andy. I mean. You should be able to live and have the same things that we've got, and but it's just like uh, just they're just opening themselves up to just a world of pain because this, the world is just full of fucking absolute idiots like the one who sent them that message. You just yeah. don't give a shit, and they'll say whatever's on their mind. It doesn't matter how dark it is, they'll say it. You know what yeah, I mean? There's no yeah. filter on these people, and you just they need eradicating. But it's fine in a minute because yeah. they're faceless, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. yeah, but we'll um. We'll just come to something which I thought I've seen in the game. I might be wrong here, and you two could probably tell me I am. But did they look knackered on Saturday? I'm talking more Patterson, and they looked sort of, I don't know, they just looked done in after 60 minutes. Like, they didn't have anything left. They threw everything at it and was like, right, that's it, we're done. I Paul, think. I'm sorry, go oh, ahead, sorry. Andy. No, go ahead. No, go yeah, ahead. I was, I was going to say, I think. I I don't think physically they were, but I think it comes back to mentally they were. I think they'd thrown everything they could at Fulham. They hadn't found their way through, and then Fulham nick a goal. And I think there was just, I think it just like, it was like a punch in the stomach for them. They were like, we've been on top for, you know, 60, 65 minutes here. We've not managed to score a goal. Now we've gone behind. Yeah. And... I just think I think it was I think it's a lack of belief in how they were going to find a way to get something out of that game, um, which is it's no less uh, it's no less worrying. Um, but I don't think I don't think it was an issue with fitness. I'm I'm not concerned about that. Uh, but I think it shows it's not just us fans that are worried about the lack of attacking options that we have and things like that. I think it's clear to see that it's affecting other players within the team as well when they don't have the belief that we're going to be able to find a way to get back into a game. 
I think that's the worrying thing for me. Yeah, 100%. But Paul, did definitely look undercooked from pre-season? I, I would say they look they don't look undercooked as in fitness-wise, but I'd say as far as the uh, competitiveness against the teams he played in pre-season, I'd say they've been undercooked, definitely. But yeah, I think they looked a little bit mentally drained. I agree with what Andy's saying. I think it got to a point in the game where, you know, don't you? You, you know, I, I sit next to me dad in the game and you have a little conversation in the game, we're not going to score here. But just not. And yeah. they, on the pitch, they might be having their, like, their own little internal battle thinking, we can't score. But there's nothing we can do. We haven't got a goal scorer on the pitch. You look around the team and there's no one, is there? Let's be honest. You're open from a goal from Decore or Adam Leighton to the box or something. That That's what we're open for at the moment. Yeah. Got a striker, you know, we touched on him. You can't hit a band or, like you said, he's just, you got another striker who can't get fit. Uh, Dwight McNeil, who, create, who, who can get a goal, he's out. Alex Awobi, don't fancy him in front of goal. Um, Garner Gay is a destroyer, isn't he? Onana, yeah, he's don't, we, yeah. we don't actually know what Onana is, so there's no one really on the pitch to score goals. So no, but they must they don't know that themselves. They're like, well, we need we need help here, and it is a specialized a specialized thing in football is scoring goals, and we just haven't got enough of them. Yeah, no. it's the most important thing in football, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Yeah, the Everton board don't seem to have uh, recognised that in the last. That's why they get more money than everybody else most of the time. No, that's why they're the most sought after, are they? Your Harlands of the world. Mm. But um, I think he'd I struggle to get goals in our team, mate. Well, again, I was thinking that myself, but you know, just I was thinking this afternoon when I was just like we were in work and stuff like that, and I I can't understand this Calvert Lewin situation. Now he played forty five minutes against Sport and Lisbon. We all thought, yeah, he's ready. He'll have 60 against Fulham. He wasn't even in the squad. And now, now we're there and he's playing 90 against Man United. And I think, right, what am I missing here? Paul, like, what, what? Am I missing something or is something they're not telling us? Or what, what do you think? Well, I don't know, because there was rumours that his girl had a baby this week. I don't think nobody knows what day that was. So he could have been. Could have been a case of him sitting up in the maternity ward all night and he, he was too tired to play. Fair enough. You know, it's just because the footballers, we think that they, they have to go to work the day the, the girl has a baby. Would you go to work the day your girl has a baby? I no. wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? So I know people say it's different walk of life, fair enough, but I don't know what's going on. When apparently he's come through 90 minutes yesterday, so if, if he's not in the starting lineup on Sunday, I just, I don't know, I'm starting to give up, to be honest with you. It's just like this Sean Dyche fit is puzzling me at the moment. I mean, is anyone really under ever a hundred percent fit? I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'd just like to have seen him sat on the bench, just like if he was available and all, none of that baby stuffs going on. Just just to have him on there, do you get what I mean? Just just so we all go to the game and we look on the team sheet. Because I said to you, didn't I? Calvert Loon on the bench. You went no. I went oh god. Yeah. So just to have him there, just as a presence on the bench, would have done for me. Like, but no, I don't know. It may hopefully, as we've said in the past. Like, listen, contradicting myself, I said I'll. I'm willing for Sean Dykes to take the lead on Calvert Loon. So and I still am, but I just thought it was a bit baffling last week, like. Yeah, it was. It was a bit, bit of a mad one, especially playing ninety this week. So yeah, and but do, do, do you think he, he seems ready? Um do you fully expect him to to see him on Sunday? Yeah, I I um I was quite vocal uh, last week where I said I was gonna trust Sean Dykes in the best way to handle him and I'm not gonna change that. Um don't get me wrong, I was as gutted as everybody else when I saw he wasn't involved at all on 
Saturday, I was hoping he was going to start 60 minutes or, you know, or at least come on for half an hour. Um, And of course, when you look at the fact he played 45 minutes the week before and then you see he's played um, against Man United behind closed doors. But they are very different pace games than it is to the Premier League. And we've been guilty over and over again of either, you know, as a a football club in terms of the people that run it in rushing him back too quickly. We've been guilty as fans saying on Twitter, why isn't he there? Why isn't he there? And putting all this pressure on him. So when he does come in, there's all this pressure on him. I think Sean Dice is trying to take that away from him and just letting him know 100% we're going to get your body at 100% right. So when you come back, your job is to, you know you're fit, you know you're going to stay fit and you know you're going to be able to enjoy your football. And ultimately, over the course of the season, that's what's going to get the best out of Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So whilst I get the temptation to get really frustrated over that one game, and I was and a lot of people are, the simple fact of the matter is, is, if we get more out of him over the 38-game season, it's much better to have him available to 30 of those games rather than just for that excitement and just for that one game. Uh, Not that I'm saying we can throw games away or anything like that, but I think, you know, we have to manage him different than we have been doing the last two years, and I'll I'll stand by that one. Well, this is where the Um, recruitment comes into an NGA. It's like, you know, if we we were to have an an experienced centre-forward or we wouldn't have to be always relying on Cal- just look on the lookout for Calvert Lewin all the time. You need yeah. someone to take the pressure off him, don't we? Yeah. If they were going to sign Pat Sindaka two weeks ago, he's had he'll have had eight training sessions. He can start on Saturday, and people aren't people aren't fretting as much about Calvert Lewin. The fact that we haven't gone and signed someone of any experience, and Neil Bopay, who's not scored in thirty games, is having to start. That's where it adds all the pressure onto us as fans and onto Calvert Lewin as the player. Yeah, definitely. No, you're just spot on what you're saying. You need someone to take the pressure off. And it also lets Shimity go into the background and do what and learn as much as he possibly can. You know, you've got a fella who's come in and replaced Calvert Lewin for us as fan as a fan base. Calvert Lewin can come back in. What an addition. What a you know, what a player to have to come back. Uh, and then you've got this kid, nineteen-year-old kid from Sporting Lisbon. You go, well, you know what? We've, we we could even see him every now and then in the league, the league Cup or whatever. So, yeah, you just you know we're spot on. But we've known this. We've all known this for months. The only people that don't know this is the Everton recruitment team. Um, but yeah, I, I hopefully there's two weeks left of the window. We can get something done by then. But before I move on, um, there is there's two people I actually want to bring up in in from the Fulham game that hasn't sat with me, right? Paul, I'll just come to you. Patterson, what what did... It was a bit of a strange game from Nathan Patterson, wasn't it? Yeah, I think... Um, without being too harsh on him, I, I think he's very suspect defensively, me. I think he can be got at. Yeah. Uh, any sort of winger. I mean, Willian is what, 35, 36? He's just... It's just a step ahead of them all the time. I'm willing to do that to a lot of players. I'm not stupid, but I just think Marco Silva seen that and put that decade over read on him and go and get it, go and get it. That kid's on the right for them because he's all over the place. I think his awareness defensively is not great. I have to be honest. Like, and it can only get better. Listen, I think he's what 2021. 20, I'm not writing him off completely, but I think as it stands at the moment, where if Seamus Coleman fit, he plays for me. Like he plays yeah, right back. Work. I don't think it helps going back to. Michael Keane, poor lads. I'm so sorry, honestly. If his mum and dad are listening, I don't hate him, but it's just like <laughs> he's got him next to him. I think 
if he had a Connor Cody next to him, as he did last season, coaching them through the games, telling them where to be. Michael Keane is focused on not making a mistake himself, which is understandable because yeah. he's, he's had a bit of a ropey Everton career. So maybe you'd add Tarkovsky next to him, telling him what to do. I don't know. But he was the poorest player on the pitch for me. I said to you coming off the game, I couldn't believe how bad he was. I thought he was absolutely shocking. And that miss as well. I mean, I'd score that. I'd Shit, score that. Yeah, One of, yeah. It's just like, he didn't have to do that. He hit it so hard. He started to make sure, but just, just put it in the back of the net, lads, and... I'll shut up then. Yeah, yeah. They probably lashed at it, hasn't he? You know, first ever Everton goal, he's probably absolutely bombed it, but he shouldn't do him. He's a professional footballer. But yeah, you know, as you say, he's young. He has a good game, mate. Nathan yeah, Hudson had a little spell last season. And Funny then enough, he was, was behind him. Yeah, he was. He looked really good. And then I think he got it picked up an injury and Coleman come in and then he come back in and then he looked good. And then yeah. he's had a bit of a staggered Everton career. He's had a few little injuries. But I just think if I was the opposition manager, I'd say, I'd, I'd stu- obviously they, they watch videos and study players' games. See, so you can get it in. You yeah. can actually get it in. And I think it's a weakness, personally. And you'll see that weakness when I come on to my team lineups later. Well, we'll see. Um, Andy, what was your take on Nathan Patterson defensively? Um, and you know what, as well, it, it going forward, I, I I've got to be honest. I don't see what. Listen, I'm not getting another kid. I think he's. The Everton's future right back. That's me. That's my opinion. I think he's had a bad game. I'm not coming for him. But we've got to speak about the games that yeah. he's played, and yeah. for me, he wasn't good enough. And I've seen this people. You're going to kill him. Don't kill his car. I'm not. I'm just tell. I'm just look. I'm just focusing on the Fulham game. Uh, Paul touched on it there. He had a really good, bright start of last season. He had kind of code behind him. Do you think that's a factor? You know, he needs coaching through the game as a 21 year old. I think as well, we've got to bear in mind he's he's come from Rangers where he had some good moments for them and obviously he's played for Scotland but he wasn't first choice for Rangers either. He's obviously they they got Tavernier there, he's their captain and uh, plays right back for them. So he's coming to a situation in the Premier League where he kind of came in just before Lampard did and Lampard didn't really seem to trust him. Um, he eventually got a chance, maybe after a couple of months after Lampard. He, I think he, I think he played quite well, but then he got a, a nasty ankle knock. Uh, and then, he, but he started last season really, really positively before he got a bad injury. Um, on Saturday, I will forgive him for the chance he's missed. One, if you're walking out of a ground upset that your right back's missed the chance, then you know that there's other problems going on with your team. Uh, yeah. But also, it, I think it's one of those. It's come up to him in a height where he's just tried to not. I don't think he's worried about power. He's just trying to make sure he gets him, he gets over the ball as best as he can. And, you know, it's one of those. He's, he's, I think, he's, yes, he should have scored it. But for a right-back, I don't think it's an absolute horror of the miss. He's tried to get over the ball as best he can. He's just not quite yeah. got it enough. It's hit yeah. the bar. Uh, move on. Uh, defensively, it worries me, but also it doesn't worry me, was how, how often he, he dove in instead of, like waiting for his time, giving giving himself a yard. I mean, William, you know, he's got a yard in his head and he's got a, a yard with his quick feet because that's where his quality is. He's not got a yard with pace. So instead of letting William bring the ball down, leaving yourself a yard and a half to then make William do something special, he kept on diving in on that. And that's it's really basic stuff that you shouldn't be doing as a fullback. However, um, again, you know, he, he's a young lad. You can tell how much he cares and he wants to do well. 
I think that could be coached out of him quite easily, especially with the the coaching structure we've got at Everton, Sean Dice. I think that's something that can get coached out of him quite quickly and we can see a big improvement on. Um, so in terms of Saturday, his performance wasn't good enough, but long term, I think I think he'll be sound. I agree with you, Joe. I think he he's got a big chance of being our right back for years to come. Yeah, 100%. yeah. I think he'll be the right back for years to come as well. It's just, just a case. Just, that's all we're asking. I, 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 that's yeah. all I'm asking you, Paul. Yeah. Saturday. He, yeah. he just had a terrible game. I don't know if you noticed. Um, you know, we sat in the paddock. Did you see him? He had a couple of arguments with Michael Keane. Yeah. I, I think it was nil nil as well. Yeah, as a throw in when he told yeah. him to f off. Yeah. Yeah. The simple Which, fact of the matter is that you wouldn't, he wouldn't have told Conor Cody to fuck off. Do you know what I mean? mean? That's, like, a, that's what I mean. Yeah, maybe he needs more. Like, Michael Keane should be an experienced head, by the way. He's 29, 30. But yeah. It's because he's, he, as I say, his Everton career is like, he's a bit shaky, isn't he? So he's, he's probably thinking in his head, I've just got to get through yeah. my own game. But, sort myself yeah. out and I'll be all right. It's not just on Michael Keane as well, though. Like, no. in the modern game, you, you're right fullback. In, we ask fullbacks to do a lot these days in terms of what they offer from the attacking side. It's not just the centre back that needs to be covering. He needs to get good protection and good communication from his right midfielder and for obviously whoever's the holding midfielder on on that side, whether that you know whether that's Anana or Gay or whoever it may be. So it's not just down to the centre half to to help him through those games. There's there's other players on that pitch that could be, you know, doing more to to help him and bring the best out of him as well, I think. Yeah, 100%. And to be honest, you just touched on someone there and he, for me, he's not doing enough. Now, I'll stay with you, Andy, for this. Anana, he, he does, he raises his arms on corners, come on, all that. I get it. I understand it. I'm now sick of it. Get the ball down. <laughs> Go and ask for the ball off your full-backs. I don't know how many times Patterson or Young or Mihalenka the ball, and there's no one asking for it. Pickford, Pickford gets the ball. He's actually scanning the pitch for someone to come and get the ball off him, and no one yeah. gets the ball. Now, I know it was a dressing game. He used to just drop in and get it, but even he seems to not do it anymore. And then he just gets pumped up to Neil Mopai, who's playing against that Tim Reid, and he's just getting edited. He's just getting laughed at. Yeah. And we get all frustrated because we're giving the ball away. Do you think Anana... For his stature and his, his physical presence, he should be doing a lot more than he is. Yeah, I think we do need to see. I actually thought he was very good for sixty minutes. He there was a few times he, he he won the ball back, opened up his body and switched the play and, and got us going on the front foot. Um, I thought, that, unfortunately, after he went a goal behind, he, he was pretty much anonymous for me. But I think we need to remember as well is that anonymous. Oh, he. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. He, he he's still a young lad. What is he? Twenty two today. You know, we signed him from Lille. The the season that he had at Lille, he only started twelve games for them that season. He's coming yeah. last year. He started pretty much every game that he was fit for. He's had two different managers, two different styles. We've asked him to play pretty much every position that he can do within uh, the centre midfield, whether it be six, eight, ten. Um, I think because he is the size he is, and because he, he when he does things well, they. He does them really well. So the, I think, you know, we forget how young he is. And because we can see the quality that he has when he does do these things well, we're expecting it all the time. But you've got to be patient uh, with him. He's still a young lad. But I'd like to see him in that position, just told to to own that position instead of pulling him here, there and there, which I think Sean Dice will, will do. Um, but he does look a, 
a little bit unsure of where he should he should be at the moment. And so I, I think I'm not too. Uh, look, there's a great player in there, and hopefully we'll you know we'll see him kick on another big year for us this year. Yeah, well, Paul, do, do are we as Andy's touched on that as a club and maybe a fan base? Have we put too much pressure on this kid's shoulders to win football matches for us, or are we just expecting him to do? The bare minimum, which in my opinion he's actually not doing. Yeah, I just think um, I, we have had this conversation before. It's funny enough before uh, we came on, me and Andy were talking about Tanan, and got to remember he came from Lille, was it? He, yeah. He never started many games for them. He had a handful of starts and few, loads of substitute appearances, and then he comes into Evans' team and he's playing every single week in a struggling team, low in confidence. The manager is clueless and Frank Lampard, and then. There's upheaval. We get a new manager. We're fighting relegation. It's just he's. It's never been settled for him, is it? I mean, in the first half on Saturday, he should have had two assists. He puts a brilliant couple of passes in. Mm-hmm. They can ask strikers, and I think Mr. Corey can finish the dinner. Then, if you have got your fancy football team and you've got Onana, and he'd have two assists. So it's the fine margins like that, and then it so it looks like he hasn't done that on them. But it's a good job. Like if people are me speaking now, and I can see Jamie's laughing because he the things he knows that I'm saying when I was coming out of that coming out of that ground on Saturday, I was like, if we can get seventy million, they fucking get rid of him. And then as soon as they get home, I'm like, oh, you don't really mean that, Paul. What are you saying? So I, it's sort of like falling into the trap with everyone else there. You know what I mean? Because yeah. other people can get into your head, but we need to be patient with Onana. You can see it's there, and I'm not like expecting them to be prime Vieira, but I do think once we address the situation. Uh, of goal scoring, and we can bring wingers in who create goals, and we have strikers who can score goals. It takes the pressure off the rest of the team. Yeah, because we're, yeah. we're one and two, we're two nil up, three nil up, and it's not sort of not playing with the brakes on all the time. And I think Onana's stuck in between of should it go or should it stay, and it's 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 like no man's land yeah. of what he should be doing. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, but there, there was one point. It was after about thirty-five minutes, and Fulham uh, going on the break. And he chased the guy, spun it down for about 20 yards, and he won the ball, ball back just inside like our own half, if you will. Look, she should never have got there, but it gets all telescopic legs out. He's won the ball back, he's got a yeah. drag back in front of him, two or three yards, massive strides. Patterson's made a run to the right, which everyone's screaming for him to do. And there was actually a groan because he switched it 50 yards to Awobi, to and everyone went, oh, because you could see the run Patterson had made. But then when it got there, Awobi was like one on one with their centre half. I think it was either Tim Ream or uh, Diop. And then I'm not, I can't, I can't remember what happened. I think Awobi tried to pull it back and it didn't quite work out. But he took us from defence to attack, like yeah. in a heartbeat. He did everything. He won the ball. You can see a pass he drove away from them. Pass. And then he hit a great ball, uh, which, like I say, I heard the, <laughs> I heard the going to the crowd. None of us seen it and it was absolutely fantastic. Now, if Awobi gets one on one with centre half, pulls it round, it bends it in. It gets highlighted yeah. how good it was Anana did there, but because it ended up not really leading to anything, then yeah. that that's where we're, we're saying. So we need to help him by, like I say, giving him better options moving forward. And yeah, I, I think yeah, I'm, not, I'm not concerned I, about him. I'm not con- I'm not comparing the players. Don't get me wrong, but I remember Jack Grealish's first season at City. People saying his numbers are terrible. He's not doing nothing. And then someone put a thing on Sky Sports of the chances he created that Gabriel Jesus had just ballooned over the bar or wide. And, you know, if he puts them away, imagine what Jack Grealish's stats would have looked like. So if you're into your stats, I think 
It's the goal scoring. Everything is just letting everything down at the moment because I don't know what Onana is. Is he a defensive midfielder? Is he a ball winning midfielder? Is he a box to box? I don't know. It's just, but you seen that ball he put through for Dwight McNeil at Brighton. It was a brilliant ball. It just cut the, the Brighton defence wide open. I think he's got that on the locker. Yeah. Um, I don't I question that. Like, do you think for his size he's terrible in the air? Hmm. I, I don't think he's terrible in the air, but we don't see anywhere, we don't see enough of him. You know, he should be, he should be a, a massive threat from every set piece. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, he, you don't, you, you're not seeing him like Tarkovsky, for example. Tarkovsky's only six foot, was he six foot, six foot one? But he, you know, you feel like he's a threat from every set piece because of, you know, his determination to get on the ball, his time and his leap. Whereas Anana's got four or five inches on him and you don't feel that way every set piece. So I think he needs to, he needs to learn how to use obviously the benefits he's got from from that point of view more. I wouldn't sell him. That's what I know. I was, I was saying, and I, I was saying that coming out of the ground, but I wouldn't sell him. You know, that's just anger when you when you're coming out of Goodison, you've lost one nil to Fulham. You, you you're picking on everyone. I am anyway. Me and Jay know he's come up with quotes, hasn't he? Today saying, um, "What's his ambitions?" And he said, "Champions League." And he said, "Hopefully for Everton." So. Yeah, people like Lukaku and Morales could take a leap out of on Hannes Buch, who's 22 Sorry. today, by the way. Happy birthday to him. It's just, yeah. uh, he's basically saying he wants to get to the Champions League, but Everton's quite a uh, very mature answer, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, he, he's captained he, Belgium before, hasn't he? So they obviously see something in him of mm-hmm. um, the maturity, and I think the what, Bruyne is What's your opinions said. on Onana then, Jay? Um, I, I'll be honest, mate, I think there's an absolute player in there. I think once he gets settled. Once he gets a goal scorer in front of him as well, by the way, we're talking about a midfielder who's never had a striker in front of him. Um, And we don't know what... We might get a striker in front who makes these darting runs and an armor just threads balls to him all day. And we're like, look at this lad. He's he's turned into the the next Hammers. And you go, where's that been? You go, because he's never had a centre forward. He's never had a set position. You know... He's had two, as you have said, I'm just going over his head, but he's both spot on. He's had two different managers... You know, get him in a settled team, get him playing a certain way, get him doing certain jobs. I think we all see him and expect him to, to win an header in our box and then go and win an header in their box. That might not be his game. He's adapting, he's young. So I think we've got really got to be patient with the lad and build round him, in I think my with opinion. With the cheerleading cheer stuff as well, mate, if we're winning every week, we love that. Of course. because we're not. It's because no, we're yeah. not. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, but if we're winning, like it's like Jurgen Klopp is, you know, he, he doing all that. He can't see me because it's an audio podcast. But he's doing fists <laughs> up to uh, to the cop and that, and they all love it. But I bet you if they lose, which is very rare, they fuck off. Don't want to see that. Mm. Do you know it's what I mean? It's not so, as rare. If we're winning games every week, though, if we're winning games every week, and he's doing that, we're like, you'd stay behind to watch it. Remember when Frank Lampard first came in and we were winning yeah. games, and we were like, he was going up to the Gladys and we were all made up. At the end, at the end of his tenure, fucking get off, Frank. Do you mean? Yeah. yeah. Away. But do you know what I mean? So it was funny. So because I always something that popped into my head the other day, like Everton's people always say, "Oh, we've got the best fans." Everton's away fans or away travel is the best in the country by a country mile, and I'll debate that with anybody anywhere. Like they go and get behind the like they go and get behind the boys, no matter what. They have it makes sure that they have a great day out, no matter what. And they make sure that they spend time with great people. Like Tottenham, actually, I, I thought, why? 
when Everton go to an away game, why don't they all just go and stand in front of those fans just for 45 seconds before kickoff and just like basically just look at them and see how much it means to play for Everton? Because I don't think that would do anything wrong. And actually, Tottenham did something similar when he went to Brentford the other day. But I think I think that would get so much out of him. Instead of going to an away ground and just giving him a, a quick little clap, go and actually feel what it means to play for Everton. Because those fans, it doesn't matter whether we're bottom at league or top of the league, before an away game, they will let them know how much they love them and what it means to play for Everton. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, just a couple more things on Fulham. Uh, yeah, the one thing I kept thinking all day was, and all I could kept there in my head was, you're a cheat at well. That's all I kept there. Why because... don't you put a white shirt on that well? Why that, yeah. <laughs> what game were you watching that well? But <laughs> what game was he watching? Because that well's not the referee, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, he was on yeah, he Saturday. Was, yeah. And yeah. what game was he watching? Because for me, as a, an experienced referee, how do you give that as a foul, uh, Paul? I don't know. He's I, just, I, I, he's he's fell on top of of Tarkovsky. Tarkovsky hasn't moved. He just I hasn't, don't get it. I don't. Why isn't this? I just don't. Under, don't get me started on the AR. Please, <laughs> honestly, just don't get me started on it. The game, in my opinion, does not need it. People will argue till the cows come home that it does, and I know we have had some decisions go for us, but it's like we've all forgotten how to. Watch football without it. It's just like, yeah, we don't need it. But saying that, though, we needed the there, didn't we? <laughs> so I'm going back on myself. But VAR, I've had no, a what you're saying, and, I, and I haven't seen anything wrong with it. Now, whether he could get involved in it in the first place, I don't know, but it's not a but problem. That, I think he made that, a mistake massively. Well, that was the thing. VAR couldn't get involved because just as literally, just as Michael Keane's about to hit the ball, he blows his whistle. So that's a dead ball. If he'd have hung on at over 0.75 of a second and the ball hits the back of the net and he blows his whistle, then VAR are allowed to look at it. So for me, that's just poor refereeing because all that's going to happen at that stage is the ball's either going to get cleared by Fulham or we're tapping it into the net. So just wait, just wait half a second. Ball is the net. If you still feel it's a foul, obviously, which is what he did, not a problem, blow your whistle, VAR, go look at it. Now, I've seen some people say on Twitter, well, it, it doesn't matter because it hit Tarkovsky's hand or uh, Michael Keane uh, was offside. Well, in, in my opinion, if you look at that, it's a stonewall penalty for me because Tarkovsky stood there, Anthony Robinson, two hands in the chest, physically, like forces him into Leno's path. He then stood there, Leno clambers all over him, drags him, pulls him left, right and centre. So, f- for me, it, it's just it's a, a shocker, but j- just... Touching on what you said about VAR, like um, my mate, he's a Southampton fan. So obviously Southampton have gone down. He went to he went to the Southampton Norwich game four four on Saturday, and he said, "Mate, I can't tell you how much I love the fact there's no VAR in the Championship." He said, "I got to celebrate four goals without actually going. Can I celebrate? Can <laughs> I celebrate? Can I celebrate?" Mm, that's right. And he was right though. Like we've not. When was the last time like you proper let yourself go celebrating a goal? Because you don't like you, like. You, you're holding yourself. You mm. know what I mean. You're like, yeah, I'm, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't get that explosion of relief because you just don't know, like, how far they're going to go back. What rule they're going to decide to implement this week? Is it going to punish you or not? So, for me, VAR 
black and white decisions which are offside onside use it for that everything else because we're not getting yeah. any more decisions right than we used to we're well, not look at that United one that Andrea Nalan really punched his head off now this is a the keepers are just protected now listen I've got Man United in the last man standing so I love that referee and VAR for not giving it <laughs> but it's not the point is it I mean it's just that's up the other end I don't care what you say this is it's whatever badge you've got on your shirt that's a penalty you got 75,000 people this is not event related, by the way. Screaming at Old Trafford for Man United. It's it's one it million percent a penalty. It's a million percent a penalty. No, so we're never. What's the point in VAR and all that? We still can't get that biasness of the game. I understand it for the little offsides with the tone. Like Salah was scored a goal in, and in without VAR, that's that's a goal in it, and he is offside. So fair enough. And Chilwell's the same. But for for all the like penalty in um, penalty area incidents, it's just it's a mess. It's just an absolute mess. We talked last week that we were worried about Wolves, obviously. Selling players, manager's just gone, new manager comes in. And Wolves fans must be fearing the worst as well. They then see their team go to Old Trafford. And let's have it right, they played absolutely fantastic on Monday. They then do pretty much what we did against Fulham. They don't take their opportunities, get hit by a goal, 1-0, going to get beat. But all those fans, they've gone there, they've seen that. And then in the 90-odd minute, <laughs> we see the opposition keeper come out, like, punch their centre forward in the face, and they don't get that. Like, those, all those Wolves fans watching that game, all those Wolves fans that have travelled there have not got that decision because they're Wolves and not Man United. It's not to do with referees and VAR. It's, it's just Imagine you appalling. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it, and it's not right, is it? No, no, it's not. Well, the last thing I want to talk about are Fulham um, is... Something that we probably won't talk about a lot in this pod, but we'll see. Uh, positives from the game. What are you taking off from them, Paul? What, are, what, what positives have you just sort of talking going, You know what we did? We we actually done all right, or he played well. Thought we looked organised. Thought we looked structured. Um, you can see that we're going to let teams have a lot of possession and hopefully spring an attack on them, which I'm okay with. Uh, we did create chances, but we just can't finish. So. If we weren't creating chances, I'd be proper doom and gloom. But we are—we do show that we can cut teams open, but we just need someone to put them in the back of the net. So the biggest positive for me is that we are actually creating chances. Yeah, yeah. Andy, what was your what what your positive? Is there a player that stood out for you performance-wise, or is it just you know as Paul said? No, I, I pretty much echo exactly what Paul said. I mean. I'm not a massive fan of these timed DA stats and all that kind of stuff. I don't mind them for a one-off game, but I don't believe in looking at them necessarily long-term. But I think ours was 2.96, and that doesn't even include a perfectly good goal that we scored. So as long as our recruitment's right between now and the end of September, continue to perform the way that we did, then you know we should be more than sound this season. And, yeah. you know... It's the great thing with Everton, it's the great thing with social media is that even if we are 10th come February, we'll be moaning when we lose 1-0 at Arsenal still, even though we're miles above where we actually think we're going to be at this stage, for example. But, you know, yeah, it, it, very, it is disappointing to lose and you get that horrible feeling where you're getting, you're getting pulled into those emotions that we've had the last couple of years. But I think there's plenty there to take from. Um, we, we just need to... Just need to get some, just someone who could put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis. And you, well, Jay, would you yeah. agree with that, or have you, or have you, have you seen anything else that pleased you? 
Um, yeah, you, 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 you know me, Paul. We we walked down. Uh, we walked down together, and I was fuming. I said to you, didn't I? I, I you know, one of us just. But I think my anger was more towards. I'm not going through this again. And yeah. I think it was more of a, like a. What you, you? Yeah, it felt like. I think you said it before, it didn't feel like the first game of the season. And I couldn't bring myself to think that, even though it was. And now I've sat down and thought about it. Yeah, it is. And you've still got 37 to get it right. But I just got worried straight away because it's like. We, it's no, we're no better. We've had a full summer. This was meant to be the summer. And we're still in the same position. So, both positive wise, I, you know. I thought we are you exactly. We we really limited Fulham to what they could do. They had one shot on goal, and it, unfortunately, it went in. But we did create a lot of chances, as you say. It's it's a game it where like we've seen that. It feels like we've seen that goal against us a few times, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just it. I don't know. Positive wise, I felt like it was only. This is going to sound daft, but it was only one nil. Now the way I think that is. They only had one shot, and we had a lot more. And if we score, if we actually do put them, but the ball in the back of the net, we beat them three or four, three or four one. If we'd have come out and we got beat one nil and created absolutely nothing, I'd yeah. be more gutted than being like, "What's going on?" But as you said, Paul, we created chances, we just couldn't put the ball in the net. You don't know. Look at Brighton. You might be a game where everything goes in the net, and you do beat them three or four one. So. I think there is that positive to take. Um, we'll play worse than that and get and get a win this season. Oh, 100%, yeah. mate. Yeah. That, that's, that's the thing that annoyed me more than anything else, though. And I'll, we'll move on in a bit because we, we spoke about it a bit. But it was like, okay. I, don't, I don't think we'll see many worse teams than Fulham and they still managed to get a win. And that, that was where my anger was. It was like, God, they shite them and they still beat us. That's where, that's where I was at. But... But listen, you also need to... you've got loads of time to to put it better now. So yeah, Sorry, but we played we played Fulham. What was it February March last year? And they were actually one of the better teams we saw come to Goodison last year. Like they were really re- like they were excellent, and they were throughout the Premier League last year. So were they poor because they're now poor? Like they only really had Paulina uh, Paulina missing, and obviously Mitrovic came on um, after sixty minutes. But other than that, that's. Their best team. So, did we make them? Are they a really poor team? Are they different? Are they much poorer than they were six months ago? Or did we actually make them look poor? Yeah. That we we won't know that until obviously the the season unfolds. Exactly. Um, but we'll just move on from Fulham, and we will just do a bit of transfer news. Uh, a player that's actually come through the door, and it was a bit of a saga, wasn't it? The uh, couple of hours that he was signing. And Jack Harrison, he was signed, then went to Villa, then signed, which is Everton all over, to be fair. It's not like Everton to do a straightforward transfer. Now, Paul, me and you were talking, and I think Andy, sorry, yeah, we were talking, wasn't we? Um, and I was in the opinion of, well, I'll, I'll get your opinion first, but what do you think of this? Uh, Jack Harrison signing, Paul? I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a great, I think it's a great sign. I really, really. And I, I'm not just throwing that word about. I think it's a really great sign. I do. He's got Evan play written all over him for me. He he will work up and down, and he's got a bit of quality as well. But off the left, off the right, maybe behind a striker. He he just this is a long term target for Everton. I don't think he could pass it up just because he was injured. It makes a lot of sense to me. I'm willing to wait for him. I think it's uh, too good to turn down. It's free. It's a free transfer for the year. He's got to pay his wages. 
yeah. you can be you can you can activate that uh, your transfer whenever you want as well. I do. I, I think it's a really. I said if you remember, we go back to the beginning of the summer when we were struggling for content, and his name came up and Nonto at the same time, and I said I'd rather have Harrison. And I stand by that. I'd rather have Harrison. I want Nonto yeah. as well, but I think it's honestly. I, I do. I think it's a really really good signer. Yeah. No. Well, that, that's it, mate. That's. And hopefully he does turn out that that way. Um, but Andy, what was your initial sort of reaction to? Let's forget the Aston Villa thing. That that football that happens. But what was your initial reaction to? Yeah, we've got him. He's, he's our man. Yeah, a bit like a bit like Sean Dyche, uh, where I think he's he's the right manager at the right time. I think Jack Harrison's the kind of the right player at the right time for Everton as well. It's not that he's short of quality, but. He, he do, he does the the other side of the game, the ugly side of the game, really really well as well. Um, as uh, Paul's touched upon there, you know, he nearly went to Leicester City in January for thirty million quid. That fell through. Um, he's probably a twenty twenty five million pound footballer in today's market. You're getting him on a, a free transfer in uh, essentially for a year. You know, you're normally paying four or five million pound loan fee for a, a, a player of Jack's, uh, Jack Harrison's quality. Um, and plus, you've got the option to make it permanent for 15 million if he does well. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he will do well. And I think he'll, he'll become a, a permanent addition to Everton as soon as we're mathematically safe this season. If things go as well as I think it will do. So, no, I think it's a, I think it's an absolute no brainer. Uh, and I'm, I'm really happy he's, uh, he, he's part of our club. Yeah, I've seen a, a stat that he's got more goal involvements than every single one of our midfielders put together for a relegated Leeds. Now, yeah, he man. played under Marcelo Bielsa, and you need about 89 lungs to play for him. And he <laughs> plays that murder ball thing, and he was like one of his... He put most of the work in. He's, he loved him. He played him every week. So, yeah. if anyone's questioning whether he's going to come in, I heard someone saying on a Twitter space, saying, is he, is he going to work hard? He will work hard. He'll be a full-back stream, maybe he'll help you out. So, yeah. the likes of Ashley Young, Michalenko, Patterson, Coleman and that, you'll love playing with him in front of you. I think it's a really good signer. I know I've just said that before, but I'm going to say it again. I think it's a really good signer. What do you think, How Jay? do you feel about him, Jay? <laughs> Jinx. <sighs> well, I, I I just can't get over the fact that he's injured. Now, I need to. Listen, I do need to, and it's stupid, really, because he's obviously, for the long term, as I said before, there's 37 games. Plus, if you're going a little bit of... Well, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I get that. And initially, I was a bit like, "Oh, what going to Aston Villa?" It's just stupid. Listen, looking back now, it's just that's your blue blinkers. You can't do that about my football club, but it's football. It's a modern game. Um, he's got that Everton shirt on. That are all that matters now. The the reason I'm not overwhelmed with Jack Harrison is because I'm just that. That I know we all both are. We all are as well. But I'm just that desperate for the centre forward. Yeah. Joe, I'm just yeah. that desperate for the centre forward. That listen, when that centre forward comes through the door, I'll probably go and get Harrison on the back of that pink shirt. But right now, I'm just that desperate. It's like anyone else. I'm sort of going, oh yeah, nice one. But where's the centre forward that we need? So yeah. I think that's where I'm at right now with any signing, uh, and even the signing I'm going to come on to now in one that seems like it's dragging on forever. By the way, uh, Nonto. I think this lad's probably gone from 21 to 24. We've probably missed his prime by the time we were meant to sign him. But 
can anyone fill me in and sort of what's happening with Wilfred Nonto? I know we've had a third grade place for him, whether that's been rejected yet. I'm not 100% sure. Um, it was rumoured to be around £25 million. Leader digging the heels in, saying, do you want more? Is it, did he want more? Or he's actually going nowhere? Now, I was... Go ahead, mate. Andy knows, we, we spoke about this before, Andy, Andy's got the inside scoop, haven't you, mate? Yeah, I'm proper in the... No, no <laughs> this is what I've been told. <laughs> Right. I'm at IDK. Not... That means I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just saying. Um, this is what I was, I was told this about four hours ago. To be fair, we we bid twenty five million quid. It was pretty much rejected straight away. Not because of the amount that we're offering, but the way that we're structuring the deal. So twenty five million won't necessarily get it done, but it's not far away from what Leeds want. Um, but they want a a down payment closer to ten million than three million, which apparently they don't want a family size bag, family size bag of quavers as down payment, do they? Yeah. So again, I don't know, <laughs> like if what I'm told is is true, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I believe the state of play is to be. We'll see whether that is the case, but I don't. I, in terms of the price, I don't think we're that far away. But how? Leeds want a lot more money up front than we've currently offered. Sorry, Anne, can I just ask you a question then? Um, and whether you, I don't know whether you can answer this, but you probably can. Have Everton got a ceiling with this lad where they're going to go, no, that's enough now, we're not paying anymore? Or is it just a case of they're just inching, inching the way to see how much they can actually get away with, with Leeds until they have to go, all right, we'll pay it? Yeah, I, I genuinely don't know. To be honest with you, Dan, I, I don't know whether the way that we're structuring deals is to do with the cash flow problem at Everton or whether it's to try and comply with FFP, whether it's to do with waiting for certain deals going out the door. I I, I genuinely don't know, mate. Um, I think it's one of those... Just trying to, obviously, reading between the lines, you, you, you get to understand the information that you get, whether it's a text from a mate or whether it's information you read on Twitter or information you find yourself through the internet. You... You try and weigh it all up each year and come to your own conclusion about yeah. like what's really going on. I think I think he's been out by the looks of it. He's, he's been a, a target from the start of the summer. Um, so I think Everton. Uh, uh, I think they are all in on him to a certain degree. Um, but where, where their limit is and what it is that they can do to get him through the door, I don't know. Uh, to, by all accounts, it seems like the lad wants to play for Everton, which is great, but. Does he want to play for Everton because that's his best option at this moment in time? And if you know a Tottenham Hotspur or a West Ham turn around tomorrow and say, "Oh, we want you too," does he then want to play for them, or does he, as he, as he fallen in love with Everton somehow, or been sold a dream yeah. um, from us? We don't know. So yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But it, it, look, I I think if you can get him done for twenty five, twenty eight million quid, I, I, I think I, I don't see the risk in that. I, I think you know. He's a player going places, 19-year-old, 20-year-old Italian international who seemed to take to the Premiership like a duck to water last year. So, we'll see. I was yeah. listening to another podcast, sorry, mate, in there. Uh, they were saying he, he's impressed by how much Everton have caught him. Uh, you know, as I, I've, like, tried to sign him. Everton have, like, apparently been in constant contact all over the summer. Apparently, tried to sign him. Was it for Genk? Did he play for them before he went to Leeds? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's like Everton have always had an interest in him, and I think 
he's probably had several discussions with the club and they've got a plan for him. So it's it's not nice. Listen, from a Leeds point of view, dirty Leeds couldn't give a shit really. But he signed for them in January. He signed a five year deal. You can understand their stance on it, where you're like, well, hold on a minute. Yeah, you've only just signed for us, and mm-hmm. now you want to leave, and you're refusing to train. And but we've been on the other side of that with the likes of Lescott and stuff who. Anthony Gordon, yeah, yeah, visibly on the pitch, down and tool on us. So it's you know we're, we're we're coming at it from the other angle, but it's not nice, and I can understand where they're coming from. But I don't yeah, see a way back for them at Leeds, and I think it's a, a they probably said to Everton thirty million is how they rate him. That's probably the highest they rate him, and Everton are just trying to get that down somehow, and the down payments have got to be structured in a way where Leeds have got to sign bolster their squad as well, haven't he? So they're just trying to look after themselves and Everton are trying to look after themselves and they're going to have to meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Paul. I think in te- if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be annoyed at the way the stance Leeds are taking. I, if that was my club, I'd completely agree with it. So I've certainly got no fallout with uh, with with Leeds. But at the end of the day, if he comes through the door, I, I couldn't really give uh, yeah, a, 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 a shiny either. So uh, I, I, I reserved the swearing there, Paul. But, um, yeah, did, no, it's all right. It's shiny the... shit. It's okay, mate. I'll say it. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, did you did you see the videos that went round from the weekend of the Leeds fans in the concourse? Yeah. Did you? So, uh, yeah. Do you think they that's like a? I'll ask you a question. Then. Do, you think, do you think that's like a? Leeds to come out with a thing saying he's not for sale at any price. He's staying where he is. Do you think that's like because we've been on the receiving end? That's to make the fans say, "Well, we don't want him." So yeah. when they do sell him, they say, "Well, you know, you did ask us to sell him." Do you think that's like a, a tactic of the club? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like you touched upon before, it's. I mean, the Anthony Gordon one is a bit different because we <laughs> we couldn't wait for for him to go for that kind of money. But Jordan and Lescott was one where the kind of the club had to turn us against Lescott for us to kind of okay that sale. Yeah, because yeah, we definitely. didn't want him to go, um, and that's exactly how it panned out. Like the club turned us against him. He then went. Then and that was it. It feels very, it feels not similar. It feels almost identical to to that scenario to me. But yeah, I'll ask you a question about Wilfred Nonto then, mate. Are you like I see a lot of people saying we need to move on to the next target, or are you happy that they've sort of set the sights on this lad and they've obviously got a plan for him, so stick with him until it's impossible not to buy him. Are you happy? Would you rather just move on or just stick with it until we get him? No, I think you've got to stick with him until you get him. He's obviously a target. Now, we said, listen, we, we, we've just talked about a lad who we, we've Everton have been after for ages and Jack Harrison and we've stuck with him and we've got him. Um, so we've got to stick with these people. It's obviously a, a player that Thelwell and Dice have discussed and liked and he fits in a certain way. So go and get it. Don't go now and panic. This is what we used to do. This is what we used to with Everton. Oh, we don't get the first one. So let's try and get number one, two, three, four. No, we'll just keep going for the one that you wanted. He's made himself available. Go and get the lad that you, he actually wanted because if you go to your next option, he's not as good as him. That's the reason you're going to him. So go and get the one, especially if he's wanting to come. I don't think that lad can do anymore. Basically, he's sound tools. He said, which I don't agree with, by the way, he's still a professional footballer. He should be playing. But he he basically said to Everton, come and get me in the loudest yeah. possible way. Now it's down to Everton. And I think it would be a massive absolute massive cock up by Everton if they don't go and don't go and get him. That's no, my I, personal I, opinion. Yeah, would you be shocked though? No, I wouldn't be shocked, obviously. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he would. I probably won't get him, but I just think 
you can't yeah. ask for a player to do more than what he's done. You know, be so yeah. stupid. Rev, it'd be so. What's the word? Incompetence. Everton. Everton. It'd be so Everton. It'd be so yeah. Everton of Everton <laughs> to not go and get him. Yeah, to miss out on him by West Ham. Yeah. And I think that would annoy me more than anything, mate. The, the fact that he's put himself out there and West Ham will go, come and go. We'll have you and just take him straight away. And it's like, what are we waiting for? You know. But I hope he gets put through the door. This I really do. Um, I think there's a transfer medical round, though, isn't it? I think Everton might. Listen, this probably doesn't happen. sound like that any Luke over here. Everton have probably got in touch with Tottenham and go, do the favour, tell Leeds that you want this Wilford Nanto. Because we're sick of this now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Just, just to push it through the door. Like, we're linked yeah, with someone today, aren't we, from PSV, uh, Johan Bakayoko. Uh, the last Bakayoko we had was... Uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't the best. Like, But maybe that's just like a little ploy by Everton to say, listen, we're moving on here. Just to, just to hurry Leeds up. I don't know, but... Yeah, well, you're right. You could be right, mate. Listen, but... There's one more person that we've been linked with, and it's a bit of a mad one, though. We were linked with him in January, quite heavily as well, um, in Beto. Now, he's... I've, listen, I'm not going to sit there and say, watch you an easy week in, week out. I don't. So, and if anyone does, by, by all means, come on and tell me. Please tell he, me he's the next... He, said, he says, sat on Zoom with a Juventus shirt on. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> but... I just, I, I, listen, I don't know anything about this lad. I looked at him, you know, he scored 10 goals in 23 games last season. Um, He's, you know, he's Portuguese. He's, I think he's about 6'4 as well. Yeah. So he fits the mould of what Dice is sort of doing. Chimiti's 6'4, Portuguese. Don't know what's happening there. Um, But are we just literally throw? are we just throwing darts at the dartboard here, Paul? And, and Trying to get people, no, or we actually think they're doing something that they're think, waiting think, for. I think they're on the list of of Kevin Telwell. I've said in the past. I think the whole team is is built to play for Calvert Lewin and the way he goes about trying to get his goals and stuff like that. So I think Chimiti yeah. is like an understudy. Is you know he's for the future. Um, hopefully we'll see him in the Premier League coming on in ten minutes here, twenty minutes there. But I think Beto is the direct replacement for. But it's Calvert 25, Beto. Yeah, if Calvert-Loon's not available, Beto would start. I don't know nothing about him. I'm not going to pretend to do. But only going off listening to other Blues talking about him, it's, uh, he's apparently in the same mould as Calvert-Loon. Target man. Yeah, target man. But, but I just... Andy, would you would you say it's a, a, a Stroop... It's real scouting by Everton? Or would you just say they're just going for anyone now? They're just trying to get a centre-forward through the door? No, I think it is proper. It's proper scouting, but I think it's it's also indicative of the the juggling job that Kevin Farewell has to do. So if he's in a position where, say, this at this stage, right, Kevin, you can go out, you can buy someone for twenty five million quid. You go out and buy someone for ten million quid, you can go get a loan signing. So he's thinking, right, my twenty five million quid's going on Nante, uh, a wide forward. So then I'm going to go and spend ten million on a striker. And then I'm going to use the loan signing for another winger or a centre half or whatever. But what he's trying to do is he, he might not be looking at everybody for those monies in the same position. So it might be if the Nonto deal doesn't work, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and spend 25 million on a centre forward, spend 10 million on a winger, and then use the loan for a centre back. So he's having to juggle all this up because he's got to play the money game as well as the players that yeah. we want to get in. Uh, and as we talked about before, because the transfer window's ever-changing and it's waiting for everything to fall into place for teams like us to make our moves, 
I think it's a case of trying to position chess pieces and and then move when the opportunity comes to. Um, so if it, if it becomes that we can't move for Nonto, we're doing everything we can to be able to then move for Beto quickly and then switch things around. I see, um, yeah. That's the impression I get. Mate, I could be massively overthinking it. I could be wrong, but that's just my that's just my feeling about things. There, I don't think you can ever overthink anything. Everton will do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can't, can you? Do you know what I mean? There's nothing that if you you could think you could overthink the most biggest scenario, but they'd go and do it. So I yeah. feel like that goes in. But I do think though, as um, with the targets that you see, and listen, they could just be journalists and agents. It's all names about, but I don't think you can really point any fingers to Kevin Tellwell this summer. Me personally, no, I don't. I think he, a lot of people threw a lot of mud at him last season, and even this summer that he he doesn't know what he's doing and stuff like that. He's only going for genuine footballers and you know over the other players and stuff. But he, he looks like he's cast his net out and he's looking for strikers across Europe who could potentially who aren't at the top of the game but could get to the top of the game, and that's 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 the kind of Palms that Everton are fishing in, aren't they? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. I think you need a bit of credit there, me personally. Like, definitely. You look at the, the signings last year, Renan's come in, he's worth somewhere near double what we paid for him, even though he splits opinion. Obviously, we can look at the more pie sign and say, well, obviously, that was a shocker. But to go and get spend 15 million quid, which is obviously a stupid amount of money, but in today's market, to get someone who's averaging eight to 10 goals in the Premier League for the last three years, it looked a sensible signing. Like in, no, on, if you if you look at that, it, you know you're thinking, well, if that's all we've got to spend, then not silly. Like that, that's what you get for 15 million quid. Uh, he brought in Connor Cody, which obviously that didn't end up working out. But I think Connor Cody, I, I still think without Connor Cody, he would have gone down last season. I think he he did enough in the games he played and added enough. Uh, I thought he was excellent last game of the season against Bournemouth, where we needed that win. Um, so in terms of farewells. Like buys, yes, more pay's not worked out, but there's nothing you can look at and say, oh, he's had a, an absolute shocker there. Where if you look at his two predecessors, whoever was in charge, whether you know signings were made behind the backs of Marcel Brands, we know that they wasted a lot more money than Kevin Furwell has. Yeah, he has. They had also, is there any, is any Saudi uh, billionaires listening to the Paddock Blues podcast? We got a forward there. His name's Neil Mopai, and he's absolutely fantastic. He's worth about sixty million. So. French international, by the way. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And if if you're a mega, mega billionaire, we've got a chairman there who's uh, happy to sell and you can have one of the best stadiums in the world on uh, on the Mersey as well. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we'll just move on now to Aston Villa. And we play Aston Villa on Sunday. Um, um, this is a bit of a mad game for me, to be honest, because we never do well at Villa. I think if we win, we go top of the league. That'll be sort of comes in. We've been them at this point, like the last few years. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They're beginning yeah. away as well. But they got beat by five one by Newcastle. Now, I, I don't think there's too much to read into that. Um, Newcastle are a good side. As paint, I know, you know, the eye is what it is. Do you read? Too, do you read into that, Paul, or are you just like listen? You know, these are these are a wounded animal. No, I think Villa played all right, didn't he? From the bits I seen, I turned it off eventually. I think Villa played all right. I know it doesn't seem like I think he just felt a bit at the end, but uh, no, I wouldn't read too much into that. Their first home game of the season, they're going to be angry. Uh, Tyrone Mings looks like he's out for the season, doesn't he? He's 
I don't his injury looked terrible, didn't it? He's uh, looked in a bad yeah, way. Bad there. Double, nice. So they're gonna want to do it for him as well. A, a bit of a wounded animal, I think we're walking into here. I think we're gonna have to be careful, like, but yeah, take us all. Well, that's it. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I was gonna come on to with Andy. It's is it one of them games that you just get out, or should we be looking and beating Aston Villa? Um, I think again, it's one of those where you'll un- you'll understand later on in the season whatever result we get, how good it is. Um, but I think in terms of where Everton are at the minute and Sean Dyche, I think this is a good game for them. Like no one's going there expecting us. Like you know, if we have thirty five percent possession, no one's going to be upset with that. Uh, if we come away with a point, no one's going to be upset with that. So he can be very clear in the job that he wants to try and do there. Um, Villa, uh, I watched quite a lot of the Villa Newcastle game. I managed to get it on my Sky Go coming back from uh, coming back from Goodison, and I thought they they looked a team that were not cohesive. Tell they had a lot of new players. They weren't one hundred percent sure where they should be, and defensively, I think they're, they're there to be got at. Unfortunately, do we have the players to get out and defensively? That's the question we need to yeah. answer. But I don't think we should be going into the game. I think Villa will be a much stronger team six, eight games into the season when they've blended all the players they've got. Uh, Ollie Watkins is going to score because he's playing Everton. Um, so we know that we're going to have to score at least one to get something from the game. But I don't think it's something that we should be massively fearful for. We should go there, you know, Confident that if we execute our game plan, that we can get something from the game. Well, yeah, I think that you can't go into football matches thinking sort of take a one nil defeat unless you play, you know, whatever. But you can't, then, especially this early in the season. Why not? Why not go there and just sort of implement a plan and go? Well, you know what? Snatch a one nil win, get out of there. Yeah, I think it was Southampton yeah, last year, wasn't it? When we're playing Real Madrid in the Champions League in a couple of years, and we get the first leg away, and we say, we'll take a one nil defeat there, and get them back a good Yeah, that's what I meant. They're the way you use it. But, yeah. um, but it's like Southampton last year. This time last year, we went to Southampton away. We we, we beat them uh, comfortably, I think, 3 1, if I'm not mistaken. Cody. It, yeah, 2 1. Oh, 2 1, sorry, we, yeah. But we, uh, we absolutely battered them, and then they went 1 0 up, and you were. Starting to think yeah. the worst, and then we just went bang bang. And... Good away, yeah, yeah. I, I actually witnessed Everton winning away last season. I'm one of them. I'm well, one of the chosen hey, few. <laughs> this is a this is a. I actually went 27 games watching Everton away without seeing us lose. <laughs> oh, what big old then? I think you're gonna How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I might have went on the same streak around 2007, eight, nine, something like that. We were just brilliant away from home under Moise. No, well. Because obviously I went to quite a few when I was younger down south, and then I went when I came back. I went to loads, of, and then we lost at Reading two one, and we were one 0 up and battered him as well, and lost two one in the last minute. But yeah, I went twenty seven games watching Everton away without losing. There you go. Someone get Andy away, someone. Uh, some away tickets. Oh, and, and I've been to Villa twice, and we've won both times as well. So. Oh, someone yeah. get Andy oh, a ticket for uh, Sunday. Good lord. Well, uh, Paul, I'll just stay with you for that last little bit. Um, Lineups and predictions, mate. Now I'm gonna listen. We spoke about Calvin Lewin playing midweek, so for me, he's got to play. He's got to be in that squad. He's got to. He's played 90 minutes against yeah. Man United in midweek. He's there. He's fit, in my opinion. So okay. we'll start with your lineup. If you want to do a prediction, mate, you can. You don't have to. Yeah. 
Okay, I'll go Jordan Pickford, obviously. I will go James Garner, right back. I would drop right. Nathan Patterson. Sorry. Right. I keep Michael Keenan, believe it or not. I just would. Right. Um, Tarkovsky, Ashley Young, Onana, Garner Gay, Decore, Iwobi, Dan Juma, Calvert Lewin. Sound with that. That's what I go with. And I will go 1 0, Ashley Young. Oof. Well, I'll take that, bro. Revenge him for what he did and then, to us. And then, and then he fucking wakes up. No, but um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last thing, that's what I go for. After days, mate. After days. Andy, what would you would you do anything different or you're quite similar? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go pick for the goal. Uh, I'd keep uh, Faith with Patterson at right back. Um, I'd go Tarkovsky. I'd go for Ben Godfrey um, just because I like... Ollie Watkins is one of those players who... Very good at getting the ball, turning and running at you. I, I'd like Godfrey's pace against him, uh, pace mm-hmm. and strength. Uh, Ashley Young, left back. Um, then I go Garner Gay, Anana, and James Garner as a tight three. Uh, Decore just ahead of them. And then I'd have uh, Dan Juma off Calvert Lewin. Nice. Happy days. Yeah. I have a question. I have a strong you team, team Before you do your team, I have a question just popped in my head. Mm-hmm. Would you play Ashley Young right back and bring Michalenko in at left back? Could do. You could do. You could maybe like spoke about that. Could have spoke you that, you that haven't fully turned on Patterson. I uh, that frightened me the other, the other on Saturday. That did frighten me. Like no, I think that Diaby as well can cause serious problems. That's what you've got to look at, haven't you? You've got to look at the opposition when you're picking your team. They've got that Diaby. They've got Watkins. They've got Tielemans. They've got very good players. Um, so you've got to what's your team then, mate? Account. Sorry. No, I'd be uh, Pickford. I'd go Pickford, Patterson, or Godfrey at right back, just purely for this, maybe for the speed and the defensive now of Godfrey. But I, I don't know. That's an odd one. Um, I'd go Brantwaite, Tolkowski, Young. I think we need to start and we need to bring Brantwick in, get him playing football for Everton. Idrissa Gay, Decore, Anana, and then Dan Juma, Awobi, Calvin Lewin. Not me. Oh, uh, prediction. Andy, you never done a prediction? I'm going to go 2 2. Get off. 2 2. Entertainment, that. Entertainment. It's Sky, that. It's on Sky, isn't it? Um, yeah. my prediction I'll go 2 mm. 1 Everton, Calvin Lewin, and Dan Juma. I hope you boys are right yeah. ahead of me, but yeah, get in there. Yeah, why not? I'll do for me. Why not? Come back here next week and be buzzing that we beat Aston Villa away because it can happen. Football's the maddest yeah. game. Um, but listen, thanks very much for joining me. You too, yeah. Just before we go, mate, we might have a little bonus pod coming up for you tomorrow. Um, we got a guest who wants to come on. Um, yeah. So there you go. So keep keep your uh, yeah eyes off for that one on the we'll podcast. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't explain that very well, and I sound really enthusiastic about it. But what I'm trying to say is, we we mm. might have another pod coming up this week. So yeah, yeah. And if you, to be honest, if yeah. you don't, if you if people out there are always like, oh, I missed out on that one. If you go on to where you get your podcast, there's always a little bell in the corner as well. If you click that, as soon as we upload, you'll know. Um, so yeah. for anyone out there that wants that, that's there as well. 
And to be fair, boys, we can always uh, we've agreed to do a, a watch along of Barbie together, and we on Friday night, so we can always record. Oh, yeah. well, I remember that. Record yeah. our thoughts Excellent. on that, and let people listen in if they want to. <laughs> yeah, happy days. I thought that was just me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, lads, thanks very much for joining me. Um, it's always been a pleasure to talk about Everton, no matter what the result. So, thanks very much, and up the toffees. Up the toffees. This is dedicated to our fellow blue, Michael Jones. Up the toffees.